I'm Lee, yeah. the Arkham Admiral. Uh, here with me, we've got uh, the Lord Magnate himself, Alexander Cron. Hey, how's it going? And we've also got our uh, resident, well, Rune Smiter now, I guess, Aiden. Yeah! <laughs> Stop. Oh, don't give me that. Jump. <laughs> <laughs> what is this? They... It's the Dwarves. We're all stunted, right? <laughs> We're all stunties. It doesn't matter. Stop being such a racist. Put some uh... clothes on. <laughs> Put some... yeah. Stra- strap on a balloon. Yeah. Okay, so look, today oh, we're going to talk about uh, competitive list building because Yay! We, didn't, we didn't finish it last time we started talking about it, so it makes sense to finish it off. Oh, did we? Yeah. Uh, <coughs> we, yeah we, we didn't cover much after you went last time, Alex. We basically talked about battalions, and that was it. Yeah, I don't have the tactical acumen that you have, and the steely German efficiency. So, yeah. Wasn't last time about the uh, a short one about the um the warband? Oh yeah, but um yeah, so I did that one. Yeah, I wasn't there. But I didn't really want to talk about list building on my own because it's just like my random opinion then, as opposed to yeah. You know, several like yeah, fair enough. You know, I don't have the credentials you do, Alex. I haven't gone and nearly won CanCon, so emphasis being on nearly won. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry, well, I haven't gone <laughs> nearly. Yeah, yeah. Now, uh, just I'll, as a warning have... to the to the listeners, um, I'm currently looking after my toddler, so if you hear random screams and yelling, that's probably why. Yeah. <clears throat> hey, son. Yeah, for sure. You've got um, no one kidnapped in, in your basement that back there. Yeah, no, 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 no. The, my partner's having a lion. Um, we're watching the child <laughs> and the dog. You could give him a paintbrush and some models. He'd be fine. Oh no, 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 no! This child would smash it all and eat it. He's, you know, he's a destructive child. Well, but he's a good boy, really. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, so, um, yeah, shall we go into a little bit of news before we get on to the main topic? Yeah. Uh, well, yeah. yeah. I guess the biggest bit of news for KO is the war band. Yeah. Um, so, from what I've heard, um, in the Shadespire sort of um, stuff, what is that noise? Uh, someone's vibrating. <laughs> oh, right. Oh, yeah, that was my oh, alarm. I'm not vibrating. Oh, God that damn it. Alarm. Right. I'm awake. I'm up. <laughs> <laughs> and it's good to have you here, Alex. Um, so, from what I've heard, um, the warband in regards to Underworlds itself is actually pretty good. Um, just yeah. the wish, you know, just the sheer weight of firepower that comes from them, and also just mm. the way they inspire as well is pretty good. Oh, so, um, I, I'm looking forward to getting them. Um, I don't remember off the top of my head. My sister's the Underworlds expert, so I have to ask her. But um, right. I believe it's if somebody yeah. captures an objective. Oh, um, that makes sense. They're, in the gold. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. I mean, they and they get certain buffs and stuff like that. I, I'm not too sure. But um, I'll look into mm. it. Yeah. But I'm definitely going to get them. They're really cool dudes. Um, I want to pl- pl- play them as well. So, yeah. Yeah. I think alternate sculpts. Uh, yeah. 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 Great. 
Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Except I picked them up moment. last weekend. Yep. I haven't started painting yet. And to be honest, I'm not in any rush because I've already got yeah. two chemists. And I, I'm, I've, I've really tried to think about how to add them to an army Brent. and make them work. Um, I was trying to break the rules of the game and everything. I was trying to figure out whether I could take them as an understrength okay. unit. And there isn't really any way that makes them better than a, a normal chemist and five funders. Yeah. It's sad, um, but, you know. Mm. I mean, I, Alex, did you see uh, the message I sent you about putting them into your list? Oh. No. Uh, the other day. Brand, um, brand. So then sure. got then me and Dan had a massive uh discussion in our group chat, so it probably sort of you probably just missed it. Um yeah. but basically I think that is the only place they might be able to work is if you dropped your fourteen funders down to ten and replaced that chemist with fundric properties. It wouldn't necessarily necessarily be more offensive, but it'd be a bit better you know, def- defensively, because you'd have a bit more melee power. I think offensively it works <clears> out <throat> roughly the same math-wise. Yeah. All right. Because obviously you lose like some chemist buffed rifle shot, and then that uh, the funder in mm. there has obviously got four shots, and he's got plus one to hit. So it's not that bad. But you kind of have like that extra unit, so they can sort of protect the chemist. If you want yeah. to, yeah. and it gives maybe it can maybe give um, your opponents a bit more to think about because they've already got that horrible decision of like trying to decide to, you know, charge your big blob of Arconauts and the Evocators or the Funders, and then there's also the problem of it's not easy to kill that chemist either. I guess you can kind of MSU with them. That's true. Yeah. Put a couple more threats out in the field. Yeah, yeah. I guess. But, I mean, it would be like um, a sideways step in your list, I think, rather than a way of like. I don't think it would improve the list. Yeah, and I don't guys. Sorry, I didn't catch. To be that. fair, I'm not oh. even looking at those things. Compete in any competitive sense, and not actually looking at that unit at all. I mean, it just doesn't yeah. really offer that that much to the whole thing. Oh no! I mean, the only I was just literally the last week, like trying my hardest to see if I could make them competitive in some way, and that was yep. the best I could come up with was a sideways step in Alex's list. Um, yep. I couldn't yeah. think of anything building well, around them or anything really. Um, Although, someone made a good point in the uh, in the Facebook group: if you buy uh, five of those um, boxes, you get some savings out of it. Oh yeah. Yeah, um, the trouble is you end up with um, five chemists, which is like if you haven't got if you're not in care from scratch, that's probably quite good. Like you can maybe can. Hey, you can have six. You can have six leaders in your army. Technically, yeah. five but chemists. No, it might be good in her, man. Yeah. Playing Urbaz, that's a lot of buffs. <laughs> but, well, if you, um, you know, for that, I want to give you Arconauts bonuses to their shooting and their melee and their pistol all at the same time. Yeah. And actually, I don't, I don't know if you guys have ever tried it, but in a couple of games, I have 
at times buffed the uh, Arsenal's cuppers. Oh, the cuppers, um, really? Yeah, just well, I mean, the, the only time I really remember doing it was against zombies. So it's just like, well, even if I, if I get something through, they're not they're not going to save it because obviously you've got no yeah. render or anything on them. But it was just like, I think it was just mm. like I had a spare chemist buff and I had enough models in combat that it was like, well. Yeah, if you've got a big unit, buffing um, the pistols can be pretty good. Yeah, when they get too close and you just, um, you don't need the Ren from the Skyhawks, just buff the pistols, yeah. shoot out um, yeah. oh, 60 shots. Get, get something like Night Haunt. Right. You know, yeah, or definitely like get a, a feral amulet uh, person, you know, like a zombie dragon. Ghost dragons, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Got, you know, buff your pistols, Brandon. not bad. Yep. So, um, yeah. So to to recap, we basically went last time. We went through which units we thought were good and bad. Um, we now <laughs> added on the new unit, which we're basically saying they're bad. Um, yeah. Yeah. We kind of went through battalions. So do you want to actually start going through? Um, no, 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 sir. No, sir. We must first say that Fire Slayers won a major tournament. <laughs> yeah. The Bris yeah. Vegas Open, right? Okay. Oh, yeah. really? Yeah, in Australia. <laughs> yeah, man. In Australia, Fire Slayer mm. was last one. Apparently, it was a dude taking Fire Slayers who went to CanCon. Um, and apparently, oh, wow. he just took out a tournament. His list is pretty cool for those of you who are Fire Slayer inclined. My son is currently saying no to me as he's closing the door on my face. Um, but no, yeah. Um, yeah, so um, um, because I suppose that later on we could go into a- um, discussing allies and how fire slayers can insert into a KO list and vice versa. Um, yeah, so um, yep. um, because I suppose that... And he's gone. He's, hello? He's gone. Am I gone? Well, now the fire slayer's um, got the way. Yeah. Oh, we have someone uh, in the chat. Uh, Yay! Saying that the key for the war band is oh, no, the for damage cards. Um, this is for Underworlds, by the way. Um, yep. Yeah, so Mauricio is saying in the chat that the key is um, damage cards, more movement. And yes. then um, they can somehow nerfing the opponent's movement or attacks. Oh yeah, no, oh, yeah. that makes sense. Yeah, I don't know. I don't. I don't really understand how Underworld works. I played it once. I will. It's actually a really good game. I highly recommend. Yeah, it. I'm, well, I'm trying to get my girlfriend to get her own warband, and then if I get some time, I will give it a try. Now I've got a warband. <laughs> yeah, give I it a try. Most definitely. One time I played it. So I played season yeah. one a lot. But I kind of stopped yeah. after season two. <clears throat> yeah. 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 So, um, yeah, apart from Fire Slayers win British Vegas Open and also the fact that I'm saving up to get some. So, yep, that's my mm. next army is Fire Slayers. <laughs> They're the most expensive army in the world, but I'm going to save up and get them. Are they? Well, they must be cheaper now, surely. 
Because you don't um, have to take a, a, a whole horde of them anymore, do you? From New Zealand, you're still looking at about oh. 1200 bucks. Well, isn't every well, army in New Zealand, New Zealand. expensive? Yeah, but that's still a lot compared to everything else. Uh, uh, I mean, you need at least half... Uh, oh, sorry. You need at least 30 half-guard berserkers to be competitive at the moment, moment at yeah. least from what I've seen. Um, and yeah. they come in boxes of five. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> oh. So you need like six uh, boxes of them. Like literally, but, I think you'd be spending like five hundred bucks or something like that on a box on thirty volkites. I was just sorry, on thirty yeah. volkites, thirty half guard. Yeah, but they all look yeah. the same though, don't they? So can't you just you know, they're all they're all at the same. They're all on the same base. So can't you just like if you can modify the weapon somehow? No, yeah, I mean they've been talking about it, but. You know, but then again, um, ten volkites is one hundred and fifteen bucks New Zealand. Yeah. Oh. So. Oh. Yes. But, yeah. That is not even an exaggeration. Know, do you know, do you know uh, the tournament winning list? Was it just all half guard? Um, no. So Magdoth it was a. Different. So it was a um, rune father on Magmadroth. They were all under Vostag. Yeah. Um, he had a rune smiter on Magma Joth as well, which I thought was interesting. Um, I believe he had a second rune smiter on foot, and he had a rune master, um, a rune smith, or a battlesmith, sorry, th- th- 30 half guard berserkers, two units of 10 Volkites, and it was all in the Lords of the Lodge Battalion. Yeah. So, no, so yeah. none of the um, invocations, you know, the cool no. thingies. Yeah, none of those yeah. is a store thing. Well, because honestly, those Orokar half guard when they're all buffed up, they can do some work, man. Like you know, yeah. it's it's out the gate the stuff they can do, and they're durable as well. Like, Very you can durable. Get them to like a two up save with a four plus after save. But, uh, yeah, so it's pretty. Uh, and Vorstag is the one. With, is Vorstag the one that gives you all the movement as well? Yeah. So, yeah. um pretty much automatically running 10 inches in your first turn all that stuff it's gross yeah. and I plan to run okay. something along those lines but yeah so essentially mm. that list won Bres Vegas Open I believe it was so the whole army's fast then real fast no not really fast but fast be. enough I mean, what you need to do is just, you know, at least from what I gather, is that you need to be able... It, it, it's kind of like how we used to run the clown car. Yeah. You, mm-hmm. you know, you have to hit them hard and fast first turn. Right. That, that's at least what I gather. I haven't had any experience with them yet, so I can't really say. But that's at least what I think. With you think they're tough enough to survive a bristle gore? You think they're tough enough to survive bristle gore? Um... I think half guard berserkers could easily take him out. Um, it's just whether or not they stay alive for long enough is the question. Mm. I mean, I've never yeah. seen Grizzle well, in action. They've got a wound save. Hmm? So, I mean, they've got a more yeah. wound save. So, that's yeah, well, that's what you've got to be um, careful with is, um, is whether or not you position your heroes enough, you know, um, to keep your guys within 10 so they, they can get that plus two to their ward save. Mm. Yeah, You're but I mean, oh, I, I played against, I played against Crystal God last night, and that yeah. uh, when they get a six, and that's a flat six mortal wounds, and yep. you know, if you save half of them, or if you get a bit lucky and you get save five or whatever, then yep. um, 
you know that that's gonna that makes a big difference because I mean it does a lot. I mean uh, the crystal gore uh, terrorize thing can do a lot of damage, but it gets sixes. It's got like it just suddenly just skyrockets to like ridiculous damage. Yeah, and so having a bit some protection against that really good. And don't they have some way of fighting first as well? I'm sorry. They have a thing. Fire Slayers in the new book. They have a. They've entered like the activation wars, haven't they? They've got some methods to fight. Oh first. yes. Um. There's a something. Um. That lets them fight in the hero phase and stuff like that. It's all fucked up. I've been actually had a proper look. I've been reading the law mostly at the moment. Um. So um. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm currently. But, I mean that stuff like that helps. Helps in Gristle Gore, like because well against Gristle Gore, doesn't it? Like, it, it's getting to the point now where you kind of need to have some method to fight first in the combat phase, or else you don't, or else you just don't even get to fight first in your turn, do you? Yeah, and that's my concern with competitive Age of Sigma at the moment. Actually, is um, mm. there's all this out of turn sequencing and stuff like that, um, and guys having like an hour and a half in their. Sorry about that, son. It's all right. But yeah, um, it's like you know, guys taking an hour and a half to go through their first hero phase. You know what I mean? Mm. Yeah, I that's kind so. of something I'm getting concerned with. I think um, Crystal Gore is going to be a less of an issue now that Slanish is here. I don't think we're going to see it as much. Mm. Yeah, Slanish is going to be interesting. Slanish seems to be a yeah. huge counter against um, Crystal Gore. It's a lot of. Heroes don't get to fight first. Heroes um, get make one to hit. Heroes and monsters are easier to hit, and they hit their enemy, their own side. And it's yeah. all yeah. about debuffing big hero monsters. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, they're so, gonna be very bad for KO. <laughs> very bad. For what Slamet? You think? Well, they're fast. <laughs> they're fast. <laughs> they can smash people to pieces. They've got yeah, jack nipples. They don't actually have any shooting defense. All their defense is in combat. You mm. can shoot them just as you shoot anything else. Their jack nipples can they're, shoot things. No, um, and, uh, just like anything else, they're going to have linchpins, aren't they? They're always going to have something that if you take it out, you're going to. It's going to be more than the sum of its parts if you take it out. If you know what I mean. Yeah. Like and you, you kill that thing, it doesn't just kill that thing. It makes something else weaker. I don't think they have any negatives to hit uh, in shooting, so you won't have you know Calibron daughters where you just can't hit anything. Yeah. Mm. I mean, obviously, they have lookout, sir. But yeah, oh, they're bad, everyone yeah. has that. So, so keep I mean, the secrets, though. Thing now, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. People see good some monsters. Yeah, it's always handy when people actually. It's actually in some ways almost better when people have those sort of bigger heroes for us to shoot at. Yeah. Um, right. Is there any more news before we um, turn this into um, the Fire Slayers, um, the Fire Slayers podcast? Yeah. <laughs> I played a small tournament recently. Yeah. Did you? Uh, How'd you do? That was that was just twelve hundred points. Took two ironclads, shot a whole bunch what? of stuff. Why? <laughs> actually, actually fought some Gristle Gore. Um, killed all their dragons, but then the ghouls overwhelmed me. Uh, wait, guys are actually Did taking they... ghouls with 
Well, you know, the Gustav was some the ghouls. Yeah. Like, did, did um, they summon any? Did they summon ghouls? They're not flayers. Yes. Because the guy I played against last night, he summoned flayers. Obviously, oh, um, because obviously they've got like a ten-inch shooting range shooting attack. So you summon them, and they go nine inch away from you, but then they can shoot you. Yeah. Yeah. They do a um, disgusting so. amount of wounds. I mean, I, I think it was also pass, partially based on the models he had because his ghouls were already on the table. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. He summoned. Mostly ghouls, a couple of players, but mostly ghouls. Because mm. that, that summoning mechanic is uh, that's nasty. Yeah. I mean, yeah. It's, it's just, it's not like they can't abuse it that much with like they can't, they can't like keep doing it over and over again. But the fact that you, it's pretty much anywhere on the table, I mean, it's within so many inches of a board edge, but that's normally it. Okay. That's normally pretty good. Like, yeah, you're, it's basically just giving you this huge discount on the heroes because you're buying the heroes and mm. three players or hero and twenty ghouls. Yeah, yeah, but the yeah the the thing is, it's basically a teleport as well because you bring them down anywhere on the table you want within six inches of a board edge. So it's like it's free movement rather than. Like, because, like, say, if, like, for instance, if you compare it to Silverleaf, and they can bring on, um, like, Marathi can, not Marathi, um, Alariel can bring Alariel. on, um, she can bring on twenty dryads or a tree lord or something, but they've got to be within so many inches of her and the branch thingy. I always get the two different branch heroes mixed up, the but that, the one that's the best part of the yeah, the one that and cast guys, seven, it can bring up some dryads. They, they have to be within so many inches of of the hero casting. It. But the but with um, the the gristle gore, they're just um, they're bringing them on, and they just they can go on the opposite side of the table. So you can, even if you manage to position where and like keep away from their big fighting thing, so you can shoot them, and then they summon something to your side of the table. Yep. So, that's powerful. Yeah. yeah. So, how'd the uh, go? Oh, well, I took two ironclads, so not great. But it was just a 12 <laughs> on a point thing. Yeah. Why would you take them in a 1200 point game? Because I, I made a list and I figured out that I could. <laughs> it fits. Just. Fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> uh, else. Well, at least I've you have two ironclads. Ironclad. So I'll give you that. They buff each other. They fly around the board. They toot their horns. Great. So what, do you, what, what hero what do you have? A uh, navigator or a... Um, engine master um, or a um, master. or an admiral. Oh, yeah. never the admiral. No, I took the engine master. Yeah. Um, try to do a bit of combat with him. Um, nope. yeah. No, 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 no. Yep. Sorry. Well, when you've got two ironclads, like he can actually just help with them a bit, I guess. Yeah, he he, he fixes them a little. Mm. 
Not much. And then two squads of bit. ten um, Arconauts, and that was it. Yeah. Okay. I think this is more of a Kieran Pretzels tournament. Yeah. The next one's in. The next big one I'm gonna go to is in June. Yeah. I've got. I've got a doubles tournament at the end of this month. Well, I was playing last night a practice game. Oh yeah. Potentially might go to the the Essex GT in Ooh. July, I think. Ooh. Which will be fun because that'll be my first. It's it's a new tournament. And it'll be my first ever sort of big tournament that I travel to. So, That'd be cool. Yeah. It's not um, too far. Down in New Zealand, no, okay, okay. in the end of May, there's Notorious GT. Mm-hmm. And at the moment, it's got 50 players. So it's officially the largest Age of Sigmar event in New Zealand ever. So. Oh. That's cool. Are you going? No. No. Um, no. I've got other commitments. You could be 51. I could have been, um, but sadly, you know, family commitments, you know, got, got to do yeah. some traveling. Yeah. Got yeah. to um, look after my boy. Family comes first. Yep. Eh? Family comes first. Family comes first indeed. Uh, so, list building. Yeah, let's crack on. Right, should we preface this by saying we're not going to talk about Zon because it's rubbish? <laughs> I don't think we need to talk about Zon. <laughs> no. Um, no, just, we definitely need to talk about no. Zon. Should we, should we start this. with Zilfin? Because then we can yeah. maybe talk about a little bit how how it got nerfed. <laughs> yep. oh, oh, I'm sorry to say, guys, but I actually thing. have to go now. <laughs> oh, so okay. um, I'll leave you guys to it. Um, I hope you guys have yeah. a wonderful time talking. <laughs> it's time for All me right. to go and be a dad. <laughs> yeah. All right. See, see you guys later. All right, see you around, Bye. buddy. Bye. Bye. Okay. All right. Yeah. So, yeah. Just like, us. Yeah, just us. We only need us. We don't need any fire slayers. We don't need fire slayers. This is a character <laughs> podcast. Yeah. Um, so how do you feel about Zilfin at the moment? Because I assume you, you're pretty pro Zilfin since you were playing them at CanCon. Well, they are my favourite. Um, yeah, they're still they're still really good. The meta still loves its flying big flying units, so Zilfin mm-hmm. is getting buffed against most mm-hmm. important as, things. As Gristle Gore shows, big flying stuff. Yep. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, th- I think this... You can always be happy when you see Crystal Core because you're going to kill those dragons. Yeah. If, and you, I mean, if you pull all your fire into them. Yeah. I mean, I was, I was doing some math the other day to compare it, and actually, if you're shooting those big dragons or anything else where you get your plus one to hit on the Arconauts, if you've got reroll ones, it's yep. pretty much comparable. Like, I was comparing it to Mornar with the reroll hits. Like, yeah, if you've got your plus one to hit, it actually works out slightly better. The reroll ones does once you've got your plus one to hit. Yeah, um, although more not which... gets the plus one hit as well. No, but I mean, even take after taking into account the 
Like if you take into account the plus one to hit and the Mornar re-rolls to hit and then you take into account the plus one to hit and then the re-roll ones, it's just, it actually works out more efficient once you've got the plus one to hit. Like once you, if you're, if you're hitting on your fours, then the re-roll hits becomes better. Um, but when you're, when you're hitting on the three, it, it becomes marginally better, I think, to um, uh, right. math-wise. So it's actually because I've always just assumed that like, the reroll hits was better, as in just against one unit, like it's a stronger buff. But actually, when I double checked it, it's actually in some situations better to have the reroll ones. And then obviously, yeah, and you get it against bit, everything, yeah. Like the one, unit. one the more nothing is against one unit, isn't it? So one target, yeah. And realizing the chemist, your general as well, yeah. Not saying it's better than having a. Always have to be a chemist, but you have to have a general. That obviously, and you have to be three inches from your general. So. Yeah. Um, Not not saying it's bad. I just probably prefer the Zilfin. Hmm. Um, Well, I'm 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 coming back around to Zilfin now because. Basically, when the new when the new rules come out. I think like a lot of people, I sort of moved away from Zilfin. Yeah, when because... the when the late FAQ happened. Yeah, because there was the nerf, and there was the other. There was the nerf to that with the F, with the FAQ, and then just so then there's also like total commitment was added. When I was like, well, you know, you can't use it in you know, straight away. There's a battle plan there where it's yeah you know, your like your backup plan of. Like, oh, well, you can then just, like, you can't use the hero phase move on the ship, but then you can drop from the sky still. But then yeah. you're still in total, you can't do that. So I sort but, of moved away from it. And then because there was the changes to the, the command abilities, so you, like it made more Narbit better, so I moved in that way. But I'm coming back around to Zilfin now, I think. Yeah. So the nerf that happened with Zilfin was the... Um, the moving the ship in the hero phase, then getting out, giving your endrin riggers a huge buff in movement. I think. Yeah. Well, that was. Um, I mean, it was it was great when we had it. Yeah. Um, but and then yeah, they, I mean, that's how most people were playing it. And now, which, which actually I think gave you a better chance at charging than when you mm. deep struck the ship down. Oh yeah, because you could be three inches away. Effectively, um, if you had, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, it depends if you use grapnels or not on stuff and the battle plan or whatever. But even without grapnels, you could be three inches away, I think, on a 24 inch. Yeah, so you basically got four the, inches when you disembarked. So the ship three. moves 10, then you disembark three, then you move 12, and that's 20, well, yeah. 25 inches of movement right there. Yeah, but well, yeah, when you disembark. You disembark four because you get your whole base as well. Like you only have to have oh, a millimeter of that base within three inches, yeah. And the thirty more base, so you basically disembark four. Um, um but, yeah. But now you've you got to get uh, most disembark before you do that move. Yeah. Um, it's not the, good. The ability to, to to just deep strike your boat and a unit or two wherever you wanted to. I think is really powerful and kind of necessary in a in this 
current meta where the objectives you need to have board control. Hmm. I guess the the other slight issue is um, duality of death. So in that one, it's the one where heroes and behemoths. There's two objectives in the middle. Yeah, it only be scored by heroes and objectives and a bit behemoths, which you'd think would be good with us because we've got behemoths and obviously we're very good at shooting heroes. But because we've got, we've got you can't. Pardon? We've got tough behemoths that can appear wherever. But you yeah. can't you can't set up on those objectives. Well you can, but you if you set up you don't gain control. You only gain control of them when you move on to them. Alright. So Ooh. um so yeah that's a that's a, another little thing where you know uh, where Zilfin doesn't necessarily shine so much. Hmm. That's a good point. Um, uh, but I mean, it depends. Like, I mean, I, it depends. Like, if you get the pack, for the tournament, like some tournaments announce what what the battle plans are going to be beforehand. Yeah. Yeah, most will. Pack, I mean, like some don't. Some are, some will just like know what they probably know what they're going to do. But they don't tell you until the day, or someone would even just do it random, wouldn't they? But quite a few sort of pre-announce it. And if you if you get a pack and you you see that those two battle plans aren't in it, then you know Zilfin is a very very good bet, and just yeah. can't cover it up. <laughs> um, but it's not I mean, that's I, not I, the I, only way to play play Zilfin, obviously, because that's not how you play it. No, I th- I think the clown car's better. As a, more as a distraction rather than your main damaging force. Yeah, I, I feel you put if you have a clown car and you put everything into it. Um, if that clown car fails, you've got nothing else to to help you. Well, like you, if that clown car fails, you've lost. Yeah, um, I guess the way to make it successful, and the way I think. Gary plays it because he's probably sort of like the master of the clown car, isn't he? Is yeah, and he he basically sort of invented it. Um, is he puts it on a the enemy's flank, um, somewhere where it's uh, basically he then you kill the, the stuff that's close, and then they slowly come towards you piece by piece, and you always sort of kill whatever is coming towards you. On that turn, yeah, because obviously, like if it's on a on a st- what I call like a standard deployment where the game the board's basically designed divided in half lengthways, yeah, like all that stuff would be lined up set like across that 70, 72 inches, and you just plonk it on a flank, kill that stuff, and then everything's actually got a long way to come towards you. And then it's obviously a bit different on some of the other deployments. Probably doesn't yeah. work so well. On- the lengthways ones. I guess you can set up your your battle line basically wherever on the board. Yeah, That's well, you good. probably put them on objectives. So, but do you want to yeah. unpack or just talk about the way you play your list a bit? Because that's Sylvan. So, oh, all right. Well, I've got, I've got my my 
I do, I do have a bit of a clown car with the, the 14 Thunderers, but then mm-hmm. I've also got the main battle line of uh, 40 Arconauts and, and then some Dirty Dirty Stormcast as well. Yeah. Bring in some uh, Advocator allies. They're good screening mm-hmm. units. They're good. Um, I think they're very important in your list. Yeah. They? Oh, they, they, give you the, they give me the magic um, dispel. And they do, they're a threat. So there's something that the enemy has to concentrate on. Otherwise, they're going to, you know, they're going to do a lot of damage. Uh, so it, it takes attention away from the 40 Arconauts and from the Thunderers. And unlike the 40 Arconauts and Thunderers, the um, Stormcast can actually take some punishment. They won't just yeah. instantly die to, if something touches them. Okay. Um, How do you feel? Say if you played that list against Crystal Gore, and then say staff, you know they pile in because that like pile it's at some uh, terrorize piles and then attacks twice. That probably will kill those evocators. Yeah, will. Uh, I think against Crystal Gore, the you got to really the back line needs I to be. It still won't get off your arc, not so will it? Is the key. Yeah, um, so. I think you got to just put the Arcanauts Make sure those Arconauts are far enough away from the front of the um, Stormcast space so that they can't, mm. the thing can't pile in and attack the Arconauts if it manages to wipe out the Stormcast in one round. Yeah. It's got to be more than six inches, hasn't it? Um, because it's got yeah. piling three inches and it's also got a three-inch range attack. So. And usually yeah. I've, I've got... Um, the li- the small Arconaut squads in front of the Stormcast, yeah. So it's got to eat those as well before it gets anywhere. Yeah, I mean, yeah. And if it's like a twenty four inch deployment, you'll probably it probably will have to charge them. Yep, it's quite oh. handy though on a big base as well. But they can't just definitely a massive charge. Can't go they can't the just jump into in between your lines. Yeah. yeah. Um. And you can deploy far enough, far far back enough, so that they there's a chance you might not get charged. Yeah. Um, and yeah, basically, once they've charged you and they've they finished mauling your line, you just open fire with the forty Arconauts and and all their pistols. They've only got a four up save, then a, a five up after save and a six up after yeah. save. But yeah, yeah, just shoot them, shoot them down. Use all your bonuses, shoot them down. Thunderers coming out the back, um, killing the the ghoul general on his throne, who's probably going to be at the back there. Yeah, and if you can do that, like, say if you do take the first turn and you can do that, then that's one unit they're not summoning in. Yeah. So, uh, well, against, I wouldn't would take put... first turn. No, I mean, yeah, I mean, often I, it depends just... on how they deploy and the battle plan doesn't it? But yeah. yeah, you'd pray for the double turn probably, wouldn't you? I I deal with whatever they summon. Just uh, 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 yeah, deal with that when it comes. But the priority is just take out those dragons and go second because you don't want those things to to get a double turn. You, yeah. it's okay if I don't get a double turn as long as they don't get a double turn. Yeah. Yeah, uh, the the thing that I think 
works really well in your list and after I sort of realised how it worked and sort of unpacked it and you sort of explained it to me when we were discussing in the past, which I don't think many people sort of realise. I mean, you know, some people obviously will have done, but um, I think there's a lot of people that just think, oh, yeah, it's, you know, the dropping the thunder is really powerful and that's really... And then having the arguments is really good, but I don't think people fully understand the decisions that it forces your opponents to make. Yeah. So, like, um, because they... It splits their force. Pardon? It splits their force. Yeah, well, it's not just that, but it, assuming they can only go and kill one thing, or, well, even if they can't only go and kill one thing, like, they can only attack one thing first. So even if they charge the funders and they also charge your your big castle that you set up yeah you can't choose something to attack first and because you've got those evocators in there it creates an awkward situation for them because they want to attack the funders because if they don't attack the funders they retreat yeah but if, they, if they attack the funders then what then happens the is going to punch you evocators pile in attack do some and then do some mortal wounds at the end of their attacks you don't want to be hit before the by the evocators. Um, yeah, kind of puts the enemy in a no-win situation. Yeah, which is whenever you sort of put your opponent in a situation where they have to start second-guessing their decisions or and that sort of thing, then you're probably onto a winner because you know there's a good chance they make the wrong decision. Yeah. And so I think that's like the evocators are probably the, the star component of your list there. They they really they really add stuff, yeah. Because I think a lot of people um, then after you after you did well in the tournament, they started doing similar lists. And I've seen a lot they of weren't around. Yeah, but they weren't putting in that unit to protect the forty archonauts, that thing that could fight back. So basically, it was an easy decision for their for their opponent because their opponent would just go right. I'll attack the funders first, and the Arcanauts aren't going to do anything in combat. So they yeah, didn't mind. I... It's th- like if you don't have those evocators, then that decision just goes away because the Arcanauts won't do much in combat. I mean, you could replace evocators with a different unit that can fight well in combat. Yeah, I, I think as Hayden's Hayden's looking at um, fire slayers, obviously to replace them. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah, they would work. Evocators don't just give you combat; they give you magic. They let you yeah. participate in the magic phase. Yeah, so yeah and they, they're perfectly four hundred points as well. <laughs> yeah, for for now. For now, yeah. yeah. You have it in the next general handbook. Yeah, I mean, the thing is, we need. Th- you look at stuff like that, but then you look at stuff like Skaven. <laughs> when you compare them to stuff like Skaven, they're not that cheap. <laughs> no. You know, they, when they first come out, it's like, yeah, they're, they're, they're really efficient. Um, but they're not no, so everything is <laughs> other stuff makes them look a bit normal now. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully by the time the new General's Handbook comes around, we'll get a new book and we, we won't need Evocators. Yeah, hopefully. Um, sneeze, sneeze on the Bob um, in the chat is just saying that uh, 
a lot of the new armies that are coming out require clumping up units and uh, heroes and stuff in one location to get their bonuses. So any any list you run that splits your opponent's forces is a strong thing. So good point. Yeah. Yeah, get get some of the enemy units outside of the buff range of the of their main heroes. Yeah. Start picking them off if possible. Yeah, it's it's always it's all about I think forcing your opponent to make bad choices. It's yeah. what it's what we can do. Yeah. Uh, it's something I never used to consider that much in, in lists, but now it's one of the my first sort of after you know how you have like that initial idea for a list. And then yeah. you sort of write it, and then you sort of go through this stage of, that can actually probably take ten times as long. Where you refine the last couple of hundred points or whatever, and you start yeah. the artifacts and that. Um, like one of the things that I really start thinking about a lot earlier now is just what decisions is it going to force my opponent to make decisions, or is it an easy decision for them? Mm. It is like, it, with the um clown car like it's all your eggs in one basket your opponent is going mm. to charge that and that is all yeah. they need to do but on the other hand if they're charging that they're not charging your objectives on the other side of the table yeah but would you would you have anything on those objectives if you have yeah, a clown car have, yeah because you'd have well it depends on the battle plan but you'd have, uh, at very least, one unit of Arconauts, wouldn't you? Yeah, you would. Um, I think the way Gary's playing his now, he has a, um, the Night Encounter, so that would sit on one, probably, wouldn't it? Or behind. I don't know. Right, yeah, because he's too big to fit in the boat. Yeah, too tall. <laughs> too tall to fit, but there's no headroom. They need nah. to, like... Just stick a bit of like pipe insulation foam above the doorways and stuff. So like, if they bang the head, there. This loses a mortal wound right. every time he goes in and out of that boat. Yeah. Um. So. Yeah. It's. Yeah, That's, it's nice. It's a bit, uh, but it's make it makes your the thing with the clown car is it makes your opponent make decisions at a different stage in the game. Like it forces them to second guess their deployment. Like they like rather than like they start spreading out and stuff, thinking, "Oh God, what if it drops over here? What if it drops over there?" They start putting units in weird places just to, you know, to stop it. Block off, block off an area of space where the ship could land and stuff. Yeah, and I guess then he does. Also, he also had that extra level of psychological warfare where he just deployed the boat on the table. Yeah, and well, then. You could, with Fleetmaster, yeah. Put it back up. Put it back in reserve. It was Fleetmaster, so just psyching yeah. him out even more, making him think what what's going on, what's what's happening. Yeah. Okay. So As, it was effective. It was effective. He won yeah, four, four yeah, I mean, out of five games. It's yeah. I mean it. It still is effective. It's not. It's like it's not as effective as it was in AOS one. I don't think, but it is still effective. Um, but I, I think, yeah. yeah. If you 
like if you get um a like a tournament pack and you see that there's total commitment, my first thought would be shit, maybe I won't take clown car then. <laughs> um yeah, because that's just kind of... Or, or even if you see there's duality de- of death as well, because you can't set up on an objective. Or even, I mean, mm. worst case scenario, there's going to be both. I don't but think I've equally, seen duality of death recently. They use uh, well, three places of power a lot more. Yeah, well, I think it's probably a better battle plan in some ways for it, because it's... Like, you can't just sort of take one and then just hold that one and then that's it, basically. Because you can with duality death in some ways. If you can kill... You only have to take one and then you can kill your the enemy's heroes and your fire yeah. and everything. The, the, having that third objective, I think, sort of makes it a bit more interesting, doesn't it? Yeah. And uh, it, it, sadly, it's, just, it's based off of wizards and such, which is... Mm, it's hard. Yeah, well, that one, that one isn't. That one is heroes and behemoths, isn't it? Oh, um, are you saying all three places of power is? Sorry, which yeah, one? Yeah, three places of power is wizards. But, so do you want to talk about other um, the other skyports? Yeah, let's quickly go through them all before we then start talking about actual lists and the yeah, units. There are four them. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, I guess... The next logical one to talk about is probably Monar, because, I, like I yep. mentioned, I I went away from Zilfin for a bit, um, so, and then that was yeah. because basically with when AS two come out, the new command abilities, um, uh, like the to, to more automatically run six inches, that really helped yeah. Monar because before it's like, well, if you roll a run, that's right. Pretty shit first and ability, isn't it? Um, yeah, but now you can guarantee this the 10 inch move with your dwarves or 18 inch move with your um sky uh endon riggers, yeah. And just the fact that Brock could start use his command ability without being your general as well, yeah. Really, um, really, it's a big help, gives you that really nice, nasty unit of um. Running, shooting, and charging Endling Riggers. Yeah. It's nasty. So they're going to be wherever you want them to be. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, because so I've, I've played that a fair bit since AOS 2 come out. Um, yeah. When I say a fair bit, I mean, that's basically what I have played. I don't play a huge amount of games compared to some people, but that's what I've been playing. I tried it in several different sort of configurations. And basically... The conclusion I come to was, you still have to have grapnel launchers, because if you are going to try an alpha strike with those triggers, um, all that movement isn't enough in some of the battle plans, depending on how yeah. your opponent deploys. Um, like even in a normal battle plan, if your deployment, opponent deploys far far enough back, then it doesn't work. I mean, then you can maybe you can if your low drops, you can make them go first, but. Um, you can use those grapnel launchers to make sure you get to the heroes at the very back. Yeah, squishy so, things. Yeah, even if you're, um, yeah, you can go forwards. The good thing about the grapnel launcher, um, the running and shooting, is that you can get your 
pistols into range of nice targets because the pistols do yeah. a amount of work on those rivers. So, I mean, they're just really good for for like a melee unit. It's essentially what they are. Oh. It's pistols. Yeah. Are, very powerful melee unit. Very and yeah, decent shooting. Yeah, I mean, like if you don't have the grapnel, or even if you do have the grapnels, but you've got like a unit of twelve, twenty-seven shots, twenty-seven attacks in shooting, is pretty. Is pretty. Yeah. And they hit threes, so that's pretty good. Um, only, I mean, it's only one rend, but still rend. I think the problem with them is they are a bit uh, squishy. Yeah. So if they get caught out and your opponent charges them, the end niggas are going to die. Yeah. Tie I mean, wanted in all, all 12 of them, just poof. Yeah. But even, even if you don't, like, sometimes your opponent will just deploy in a way where there's no nothing you can charge where by the time you kill one thing, other stuff won't pile in an attack in your turn and then like and then kill them anyway. The yeah. same way. The same, the same thing you do, like if I the same thing you do with um with your list where you have the the evocators behind those the, the first screen of Arconauts. I mean it's yeah. not a perfect example because I could you know maybe just shoot the Arconauts or whatever. But you know, if someone deploys three monsters next to each other, or you know, then basically you you sort of you you they'll be able to go in and kill one, but then they yep. just get the other two will pile in or whatever, or the other one will pile in, and then they're dead, okay. and you've lost four hundred and eight points or three hundred and sixty points in in your first. Yeah, game. I guess you gotta you really need to be careful where you charge. Um, use mm. the maneuverability to charge the monster on. On on a, on, a, on a flank, and mm. I don't know, maybe use Brock to tie up the one in the middle. Yeah. Brock can die. He's not Brock, so important. Yeah, he, Brock, he's surprisingly good. Like I never used to rate him in ARS one, and um, something points back then. Yeah, he's, yeah, yeah. He costs more. Um, he's a bit cheaper now, and he's just. Yeah, he's just gone up in my estimation. And now that I've started using him, I like he has this ability where he can go into say, I don't know, like a unit of forty skeletons, and then he'd be alive a couple of turns later. Or um, yeah, whereas you know, if you did that with your riggers, they wouldn't be. Um, so he can go he's in and he. Pardon? He's a tough little dwarf. Yeah, he can he can attack second is is the key thing against some not against everything because he's only eight wounds. Yeah, but, no, but if you want to if you want to stop something else walking across the board towards you, um, and it's not that killy, but you don't want it, but it's killy enough to kill your archonauts because everything's killy enough to kill your archonauts. Then yeah. that's pretty handy, um, and because if you send him in. Near your riggers, then you've got hero near your riggers. So if you do have to make them bounce or commune, or if you want to do use a commander point on them some for something later on in the game, it's pretty handy. Um, yeah, but with with Monar, Monar, the conclusion I come to was like you still need the grapnels, and then 
the ship is quite nice because it gives you that extra four inch movement from the disembark. Yeah. But then when you're running and shooting, uh, running, charging anyway, and then you've also got your grapnels, it's like, do you need that four inch movement? And then it's four like, inches. It starts, it starts four inches here or there doesn't make a difference. Yeah. I mean, it, it can sometimes, it sometimes starts feeling like you're overkilling on, on movement a bit. Um, and then a lot of the times I was finding like oh, I wanted like one more unit, like and like yeah, you know, I could have that if I took a ship out maybe. But I think you almost have to almost you can almost sort of choose between Brock or a ship. Yeah, I I'd, I'd say Brock's more useful. I think mm. he just does more. The ship doesn't do anything. Oh. The ship has almost no firepower. And yeah. Brock, yeah, uh, Brock can uh, do twelve wounds. He's, yeah. he's a he's a he's a good he's a good dwarf. Yeah, and his command ability late game could be potentially quite handy as well. Um, just because you can keep him alive. Yeah, if you can keep him alive, you can like. I mean, even because if you, it basically then all of a sudden lets you get potentially an extra twelve inch. Or well, not an extra time, like depending on how many command points you've got or whatever, you could, you know, your opponent will think, well, they're not going to get a charge off from where they are, um, and but they're also like if they run, they can't get close enough to that objective. But you know, with your if you combine it with the six inch automatic run, then yeah, you can surprise them a little. It's, it's almost like plus six to charge, isn't it? You, yeah. you sacrifice you you sacrifice your um your shooting for plus six to charge, um yeah, and that can get you onto an objective potentially. Um, it's quite good. But the other thing with Monar was, um, the battalion points changed when there is two correct. Yeah. They? Um, They've got so, cheaper. Yeah, and and the frigate changed in price, so the combined price changes of the frigate. And the Iron Sky Squadron suddenly made that viable. Are you thinking actually... about taking Iron Sky? Well, I'm not thinking about actually doing it now. I think I've like I've gone full circle. Where like when AOS two first came out, I thought, oh yeah, I might try that. But yeah. I, first of all, I, didn't, I didn't have a frigate at that point. I had an Ironclad because I was playing Cowcard before, so yep. I had to build and paint a frigate. And by the time now I finish that frigate, I'm actually I've gone uh, through enough processes of thinking that I've gone from thinking, oh, actually I don't need the battalion, to then thinking actually now I might not even have a ship at all. Yeah, um, but it's, it's bad. our coolest models almost never see the table. Mm. Um, but th that that battalion synergizes quite nicely with Monar. Because yeah, you can get the cannons in range and then get two cannon shots per boat. Mm. And all the Ar the Arconauts that disembark from those ships can run and uh, can reroll their run rolls, which when you're running shooting quite oh, might save you a command. I think they write reroll run and charge rolls. All right. Um, but yeah, they can definitely reroll their run rolls on the turn that they disembark from the ships. Okay. So, if you do that in first turn, which you probably will, 
then they're running yep. they're running and shooting and they can reroll the run roll so it might save your command point um if you get like yeah. a, you want to get your sky hooks into range on something or get them onto an objective um yeah but that, but that you battalion up, also sticks you with two um frigates yeah um yeah the thing that i was initially thinking about it was because they as you said a minute ago like they get two they get two shots and they yep. can potentially be re-rolling the hit rolls in the first turn they might do you a fair bit of damage um obviously they won't do that damage later on but your opponent will go oh they did quite a lot of damage and then so my thinking was they might be like oh let's focus on them which if they focus on your frigates is a good thing yeah it's not good for anything else but i think most of most opponents that are worth their salt will probably just know Actually, the, the shits aren't good, and ignore them. Yeah, well, if we keep talking about how bad they are, yeah, <laughs> someone's yeah. eventually gonna hear. I mean, no, um, guys, frigates are amazing. Uh, always focus them down first. Yeah, Just, and they will wreck your if you, have, mm-hmm. if you have flying units, then charge them with big units of flying models. <laughs> yeah, that's that's the weak. Getting charged by uh, Nighthorn. They hate that. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, I mean, Monar has basically the possibilities of doing a a strong Alpha Strike list. Um, It's got some defensive toolkit as well because it basically allows you, because you can guarantee that 10-inch move with your Arcanauts, it basically means you can deploy them further back than you would normally. Oh, yeah, and, and then, then get into range. And then, so, like, it basically just means that you can, then you've got, you, it's kind of safer to give the first turn away. Yeah. And then, what, and then, obviously, you still got, but you still got that threat. So the opponent is like, well, if I, I, you can almost do it like, the opponent's like, well, I'm not in their threat range now, but if I move forwards, I'll move into it. Um, but they've got to come forwards event, to us eventually. Or else we'd yeah. shoot them all day. Um, it turns your um when your twenty eight inch threat range into a thirty four inch threat range, which is which is significant. Yeah, it's not much to hide from, uh, really. No, um, but obviously terrain and uh, yeah t- trees that block line of sight. <laughs> well, um, it's Sylvanus. Yeah, um, um, but every every army bringing their own terrain piece now basically means that any small hero can hide wherever they want. Yeah, well, it means we can choose where our prospector's terrain goes. Yeah, yeah. Once you we just got to choose it before the game. Yeah. Oh, you just got to remember. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so um, yesterday, I I played a game of of. Uh, Using Prospector, and what Alex is referring to is I um I forgot to actually select a terrain piece because it's the first time using Prospector in yeah. ages. <laughs> I just forgot, and I realised halfway through the game that I hadn't selected a terrain piece. So if you are going to take Prospector, don't do that. 
There was there was like... gold somewhere, not on that battlefield. <laughs> well, the the thing was because it was a practicing a doubles list um, with with my mate that was playing Silverleaf, and the idea was I would choose his trees, but he put his trees down, and then our opponents won the roll off, and they chose the side of the table that had his trees on. Huh. And then, I was like, and then I just kind of that kind of threw us a bit. I think. Right. We had sort of planned like where the trees were, but like it wasn't. But then I just because the trees weren't on my side of the table, and then I didn't have to. I wasn't thinking about putting my, where I was putting my models near trees. I just completely forgot about it. Hmm. Well, do the trees? Do the does the terrain your your own terrain come down before um deployment zones are done? Uh, it depends on your army. So this, I think, Sylvaneth is the only one that works like that. All for right. now, because they'll probably get a new book in the next month or two, aren't they? Um, yeah, they will. But yeah, they do it before. Yeah, before you choose sides, everyone else does it after. Um, after territories have been selected, but before you start deployment. All right. So they're they're the only. In some ways, it's good for them because they can put them like because currently with. Of armies having multiple terrain pieces, like if both players have got terrain pieces, then you roll off to see who can put a terrain piece down first. I think. Yeah, Which, but Sylvaneth, like if you're going against Sylvaneth, if you if you can put a terrain piece down before them, you can potentially like really stop them from putting them in very use their trees in very useful places because they can take up a lot of space, can't they? All right, but other now, but with this rule, they can they will always have their trees down first. Yeah, they always have them down, but then they might not have them where they want them if they, like, if your opponent wins the roll off and then chooses that side of the table. Yeah, I mean it's pros and cons because obviously then they can teleport into those trees. So. Yeah. Um. um all right. Well, so just go off the silver left side track. Go back to Ko. Back to Ko. So yeah. yellow sky port. Um, Barak Nah. Uh, yeah, I I don't think there's um a competitive build there really. There, it's got some mm. useful tools with the fact that you can you can compete in the magic phase to a degree. A lot, but you can't uh, compete as we used to with that three D six deny. That was uh, nice. Yeah. I mean, when you say we used to, I mean that that didn't actually last very long at all, did it? <laughs> No, uh, and it, uh, it's a bit annoying because it's it's in the book. So in our tactic section of the Caradon Overlords Battle Tome, they're like, "Hey, did mm. you know if you if you do this combo, you can get a three six deny, um, a, yeah. like four times in one turn." And <laughs> then the first FAQ, they go, "Yeah, nah." Yeah, uh, I mean the thing is as well, like. I guess when it first when we come out, that would be that was very powerful. Like, but now, when you consider like a night encounter, I mean the night encounter once per game, but it can just flatten bind. And you figure you see how like the magic phase has become a lot more powerful. Like mad, like it's it's like compare it to the stuff Skaven can do, and it's it's not that silly, is it? Yeah. Um, and it's the same with oh, well. like, other stuff that got nerfed. I mean, 
it wouldn't probably get nerfed by today's standards. No. No. Um, oh, well. Um, with... but, uh, one thing about uh, NAR is the Battleshock community. Yeah, that's true. Um, I mean, it's potentially useful. I think you could build a strong gun line with, with Barrett NAR because everything's Battleshock immune um, if it's close enough to your general um, and you can build this thing that can deny a lot of magic and you can just True. put a lot Seven, of Arcanauts yeah. on the board. You could put like several big units of Arcanauts on the board that are all Battleshock immune and then put a couple of chemists and stuff that are also on binding spells. Yeah, you just have to find a way to get rerolls elsewhere, really. Yeah, I mean, it's not going to be very offensive, right? It doesn't, they've got that. I think that's the trouble is there's nothing to make the army more offensively powerful in, in that skyport. Yeah. It... Um, it's it's a bit lackluster, and it and it can't dispel ender spells. So no, no, because no, that requires um spell slots, doesn't it? Yeah, the casting attempt. Yeah. Hmm. Um. So what else is there? Uh, Barrack. Uh, the chemist one. <laughs> the chemist. One. That's what I was playing last night. Urbaz has legs. Um, little stumpy dwarf legs. <laughs> yeah. It's uh, the chemist, like choosing two units with the chemist is good. Um, the extra artifact is good because there's now battle plans where you need to have a hero with an artifact of power. Yeah, three places of power yeah. on that. The. Um, the artifact you can um, put on the ironclad, I don't think is anything special. Not really. It's a bit of extra damage, but last word is better. Yeah. I think with Urbaz, you kind of you can kind of take it in two directions. You just you don't have many chemists, or you have one or two chemists like you normally would, but you just spread those busts further. Um or you just you really go haul like four hog on those chemists and you buy a load of Fundrix profiteers and uh, you take a lot and then you just buff lots of small units. Yeah. Yeah. You can MSU pretty well with it. Yeah. Because you can, what it will give you, because you, you can, you don't have to choose. I like, like a lot of the time you, unless you put, Several chemists into your list. You know, most people will probably have two. Yeah, but unless you, what? a lot of the time, say you'll have like a shooting unit you want to buff, or maybe two shooting units you want to buff, and then you also have some riggers or something else. And then whenever you want to use those riggers, you have to sacrifice the buff on the shooting unit for a turn, don't you? Whereas with Urbaz, you don't have that issue. You can just buff all your toys at once. Yep. Um, yeah, and 
that you, you can even buff a unit twice with those with the chemists. Can you like not the same weapon, but you could buff their their pistols and their um uh harpoon their yeah. Flight yeah, you you can, but not with the same chemist. No, um, no, because it says you pick another unit. So, All right. So that, like, if you have two chemists, like chemist A can buff unit A and unit B, and then chemist B can buff unit A and unit B, but chemist right. A can't buff unit. A's weapon type one and unit A's weapon type B at the same time because it says uh, pick another unit. Okay. Which is yeah the problem I sort of had when I played last night when I was because I was playing Urban Zen. Um, uh, like once I lost my screening unit on my like I had a big block of Arcanauts and I had a screening unit and I had some riggers and I only had one chemist and basically yeah. it meant that I could buff the riggers and the big block of arcanauts at the same time or i could buff the sky hooks in the screening unit if i wanted but once once i've lost the riggers or the riggers have gone or actually out of range because they've sort of gone off to kill something um once i lost the screening unit he could only i mean he could still buff himself but plus one attack on 3d6 attacks isn't much like no because he no. couldn't buff them he like that one chemist can't buff the sky hooks and the pistols is a bit of a shame. Yeah, it's yeah. Just the fact that it says it's another unit rather than pick two units yeah. rather than one. Or I've yeah, I've buffed, I've I've had chemists buff themselves in you know when there's no, literally nothing else left. But it's yeah, yeah it doesn't do any, it doesn't make a difference really. Yeah, you do it because you can, but and you've got nothing else to do. But it yeah, it doesn't have an impact, does it? No. Uh, well, yeah. I mean, I guess if you can buff his um, buff his melee attack and you turn him into Fundric, <laughs> Fundric has three attacks. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh, just wait. What one day someone's gonna buff the gun butts of an of an Arkanaut squad? Yeah, ether charged well, gun butts. Well. Some people are speculating that Games Workshop are going to be doing that anyway, because yeah. the gunbots have in Fundus properties the the gunbots have two attacks, huh? And like all the other guys in the unit have got like the hero stats for melee attacks. They've got yeah. Like, the Skywars have got three attacks, so people are sort of theorising that not necessarily all of our units, but some of our units will basically just get more attacks in melee or. A buff to melee. I mean, that would be interesting. I don't see why we would need that, but sure. Well, I think it's just to make us a bit more rounded because the the trouble is with shooting is they can't they can't just suddenly make our shooting more powerful because it's just as there's this fine line between the shooting not being powerful enough, and then all of a sudden it's just like you're tabling armies turn one. When you start getting the forty k, yeah, and so there's that really fine line, and the problem is, actually, at the moment, is we end up crumbling once we get into combat, especially stuff like the Arkansas. Yeah. I mean, they can make they so they've got two routes. They even make them more survivable. They kind of they could do like a fire size where they give them two wounds, or they could make them if they just make them a bit better in combat, then 
actually it's like you're you become a bit more survivable just by the fact that your enemy ends up having less attacks because you hit back a bit harder and so you don't sort of sort of lose everything then because you you you, you just fight a bit more in, in when once it becomes a war of attrition yeah well yeah we we do need some more attacks i guess yeah um, but, but yeah, we're getting a bit sidetracked. Um, All right. Um, so the next Skyport. Um, um, be- before we go on, I don't want to mention the the footnote for Urbaz. Yeah. Because that and we didn't mention it for Mornar either. But they like Mornar's is you can pile in and attack or charge in the hero phase, and oh, yeah. Urbaz is you can shoot in the hero phase. Um, or pilot attack, and they are both good abilities. Um, they're very useful abilities. I've I've used a Mornar one in the past to good effect, where I've like given my opponent the first turn, they charge into my screen, and then I piled in my riggers in their turn, and then then in my turn I've chemist buffed the riggers, and, and then, then attacked them in the hero phase, and they're thinking, oh yeah, great, his riggers are in combat because that means they're not coming across the board and they're tied up for a couple of turns. But no, because then they pile an attack in my hero phase and then they move afterwards. Because what they just piled an attack died, yeah. So then they pile yeah, an attack, but... kill the uh, finish off the opponent's unit. And so that's it's really good. The Urbaz one is, is, is good as well. It's a shame you have to be within three inches of an enemy unit to use the shooting. Yeah. It well, it used to be uh, AOS one. It was you can get your ironclad to shoot three times using Urbaz and a, um, a Lord Ordinator in the shooting phase in the hero phase. Yeah, but that's now, a good point. I never really considered it much using it on a ship. Yeah, um, I've always just so, gone for you know Arcanauts. 40 units or 30 or 40 Arcanauts and get them to shoot in the hero phase. Usually when the Arcanauts get into combat, there's not enough left to shoot in the the hero phase. No. I mean, hopefully you've got Skyhooks in combat. Uh, Left, sorry. But... um, Yeah. I mean, at the very least, like, you can actually use it in some ways. You can actually play like the same thing that I just said about with Manar. You can actually play for it in in Urbaz where you have a screening unit you put those Arcanauts so they are just in so that once they pile into attack into your screening unit they just about drag your your big blob of Arcanauts into combat yep um, so then they and then that basically just means that then when it's then your turn you shoot in the hero phase to kill that unit because they're probably thinking, oh, you're great. They they they've got they that the Arcanaut unit's not gonna be shooting anything in their turn other than that unit. And then next thing you know, you're you've shot there that unit no and, and there is no unit and then you get to shoot again. But what it does mean is you end up losing your screening unit if you do that. <laughs> like you yeah. haven't got a screening unit for the rest of the game. But it it's it's a handy thing when because people will try try and tie up your Arcanaut units to stop them shooting. Yeah. And so that's quite handy. Yeah, it it there's there's tactics behind it. There's you can do things with it. It, it ignores some of the modifiers to shooting as well. 
because some of them happen happen in the shooting phase, like okay. um, the Nurgle thingies that are minus two to hit. Um, oh, is that only in the shooting phase? Yeah, so those guys. I mean, most things have moved now to like, oh, it's minus two to hit to missile weapons or something, so it doesn't work. But I can't remember what they're called. The I don't know. They've got some sort of disease-based name, haven't they? But they're minus one to oh, hit yeah. in um, in combat and minus two in shooting. Um, and yeah, but it literally says in the shooting phase. So if you come against that's quite a handy little ability, but you've got to be in combat with them, which is a shame. Like, I mean, Stormcast have an ability to, to unless a command ability, just, yeah, to shoot in the to, to shoot. So why can't we? Why do we have to be in combat to do it? Maybe we will get something like that in our next book. Maybe, maybe. we can only hope. But it's a, it's a tool. It's another. It's a use. Another useful tool that Urban has. Yeah. So, um, what did you want to move on to next? Um. So I think the next thing would uh, the next skyport is um, it's just Thring, isn't it? The the Grudge's yeah. one. We're not going to talk about Zon, are we? Because Zon is rubbish. So what is Zon? There is no Zon. There are only five skyports. <laughs> I don't um, know what you're talking about. Yeah, Fring, Fring's uh, okay. I don't, I don't think I would say it's competitive. Not but, really. But I mean, I think it's good enough that a like a really skilled, like a good player, will could do well in a tournament with it, just by virtue. Because actually, to be honest, to do well at a tournament, it mostly comes down to the player anyway. Like, I mean, yeah. some of it's luck with matchups and stuff. Um, Definitely, but no, that player skill is a huge. It is the main thing. Yeah. AOS is still in a in a place where. The list is almost secondary. Hmm. List is very important, but there anyone... are some armies. Some armies are getting to that point now where sort of like most people could do it once they've been sort of told, "Oh, you do this buff, this buff, and this buff." Like I think yeah. we're getting towards that point um, where it can, you know, you can always sleepwalk it. Um, you can order. Put an autopilot and it still works out. Mm. But yeah, I mean, I think Fring is it's at that power level where it's it's not as good as Mornar or Zilfin. Maybe not even as good as Urbaz, but it's you know if you get the reroll ones can be quite three, good. Um, if you get three units with your um grudges, book of grudges, yeah. that means. You, you, you can basically select all of the enemy's good units, and your whole army's going to get yeah. rerolls to hit against all their Again. important stuff. Yeah. And your opponent knows that as well, so it, it does have that mind game effect as, effect as well. So where they're like, oh, do I move this unit forward or that move, unit forward? And like, well, this one, they've got a buff against, so maybe I shouldn't move it forwards, but actually it's a good unit. So... Yeah. Um... But yeah, it's very dependent on that first roll. Yeah, it is, and you can't use their once per game reroll to yeah. reroll that roll exactly. because it, it's, like, it's out of phase. Yeah, it's just like you, as soon as you start reading, you know, like the first when you first get the battle table, you start reading that, and you think, "Oh yeah, they can reroll it," 
and then you go, oh, no, they can't. Yeah. <laughs> it looks like it was intended for them to re-roll it, but then it doesn't let them, I don't know. Yeah, but... almost. I'd... Yeah. They're okay. They're not competitive. No. Yeah. I think they're competitive maybe uh, 1,000 points. Um, because be. because that if you get like that D three enemy units is a more significant amount of your opponent's army at a thousand points. Yeah, know? even if you so, get two, you should, you'll be the enemy one of more than two big units at a thousand points. And it, yeah, I mean it's the same with Mornar. Like that one unit per turn is more effective. Um, in a 1,000 point game than it is in a 2,000 point game because it's a bigger proportion of your opponent's army you're probably like likely to be targeting. Yeah. They're um, one they're one Death Star as opposed to their three Death Stars. Yeah. It's, it's one of these things that I don't think Games Workshop consider when they write the rules for armies and stuff that... Uh, I, think, I think they just write everything based on the idea that people will be paying 2,000 points. I mean, even the battle plans are done that way, aren't they? They're done yeah, on the based on six. They, they, they give you rules for like, oh, if you want to play a thousand-point game, you do this. Uh, but they suggest playing a thousand-point game on a four-by-four table, but then they give you battle plans that are rectangular. Yep. And so that was one of the things I put in the community survey. I was like, why don't you give a square... Battle plan. Yeah, I know you can sort of amalgamate them yourselves and change them. Some of them they work don't, pretty well. Some of them just don't work that way. No, some, some of them, them physically can't. Uh, you can't. Have you tried playing relocation Norban on four by four? It's <laughs> it's horrible. Yeah, and just yeah, there's just like there's nuances within like where objectives are, and as soon as people start messing with things and saying like it changes that completely like in duality yeah. of death you have to your deployment zone isn't the full width of the table it's so nope. many inches in well yeah. on a four by four your deployment zone becomes tiny it because it's yeah, like so you like Rather than losing like a third of the board, you lose half the board or something, and it's just ridiculous. But so I don't think they consider that. And so, and it's the same with things like Gristle Gore. And I, I don't know, I'm sorry for keep bringing it up, but it's fresh in my mind because I played it last night. Yeah, the PTSD is real. Yeah, well, they're they're their summoning ability, like it's limited, like each hero can only do it once. Per game, like once per game, but if they've got two hit, like, and they can have less heroes in a 1000 point game, but summoning they those will. units is, is a higher yeah. proportion in a thousand point game than it is in a 2000 point game. So, it, a lot of the times where they have these um, fixed figures, it's kind of obvious that they're designed for 2000 points. For 2000, and not, yeah. And, I don't know. I mean, maybe D three isn't strong enough actually for 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 freeing, and it should be a higher number. But a uh, thousand points, it becomes much better. Yeah, yeah. Um, mm. I think 
I think we should start wrapping it up. We've probably gone. I think we've gone on for about two hours now. Yeah. Do you want to call uh, it? Yeah. So we, we've gone over the skyports and some some you know how we think Zilfin and Mornar work. Yeah. Um, I guess yeah we we'll have to try and come back at some point and maybe with and talk about some maybe we prepare some lists to talk yeah, about. Yeah, uh, we'll talk about through. allies with Admiral Hayden. Or, yeah, and talk uh, about allies as well. Yeah, and by that point, we will fire Slayer's FAQ as well. Yep. Because we haven't had that yet, have we? So, and Slayer's going to be out, and yeah, because there's, there's a new army every couple of weeks at the moment. <laughs> yeah, Sylvanoff, you're next. Yeah, Silver Nest. And Silver Nest, hopefully some dwarves, some flying dwarves. Yeah. Who knows? Maybe. Um, yeah, so it's a big topic, so we'll have to pick this up another time, won't we? But... Yeah. Okay, well, I'm going to go to bed you. then. <laughs> and I guess you're going to have breakfast or something. Yeah, finally. Okay. All right, well, uh, have a good night. Dwarven steel. <laughs> right. See you, mate. See ya. Bye.